can I tell you something that you do that's so annoying? If I'm ever trying to like discipline Ruby mm-hmm. or Esme and say like, you do not do that. My mom will go and pick them up and hold them and say, oh, I know that you're so upset. Like, oh, here's a here's a cookie from Greenberg. Here's here's the iPad. Well, well, I don't do that. You interfere with my parenting because you want to be the good guy. It's annoying. Go away. It's grandparenting is just about love. Just not that parenting isn't. But it's just like, oh my God, it's just love all the time. It's just you saying yes and good times and, oh, she's cranky. I got to go home. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and we're yeah. good. And she's we're cranky good. because you're giving them all the sugar okay. and the okay. candy. Okay. and you know, you know something? It's all good. Hi, I'm Ariel Charnas, and this is In House, my podcast about all the happenings in my life. Whether it's fashion, entrepreneurship, marriage, or mom life, you'll hear it all right here on In House. Hi, guys. Welcome back to In House with me, Ariel Charnas. This podcast is all about my world and everything that keeps me busy. For today's episode, I'd like to welcome my mother, Carrie Nachmani. Every mother has her journey, and being a mom has really opened my eyes to what my own mother went through. Motherhood and how we view all that comes with it is a constantly evolving conversation, and I'm looking forward to talking to my mom about her experience, the traditions she grew up with, which she passed down to me and my siblings, and how I've learned from those traditions to pass them down to my own kids. Hi, mom. Hi, baby. (laughs) So many people have been waiting for this podcast. They constantly are asking me to bring you on. I'm excited to be here. Everyone wants your input, your advice. And I guess we could just start with what were your expectations of being a parent before you had your own kids? Did you have expectations? So it's an interesting something to think about because, as you know, I was married very young and I had my first child before I was just at 25, which I was basically a child myself. And it was just so different on every single level. I had no expectations at all right. about motherhood, becoming a mother, because it just happened so quickly for me. And it's something that um, I can talk about, but I really had no reference for. Well, why don't we tell people about like what you're referring to? Because I don't think anyone really knows. I'm referring to, you know, so often people, you know, as they're become mothers, they're like, well, that's what my mom did. So that's why I'm going to do it this way. Or my mom gave me this advice or my mom is, I honestly had none of that. Well, because you didn't have a good upbringing. I mean, I did not have a good upbringing at all. I had an awful mother. I had Nothing about my childhood that I would want to remember or to revive or to, if if anything, that childhood showed me all of the things as a mother I would not want to do. So I can't really say, you know, I'm so sorry that that happened to me because I have to credit it to my benefit as becoming the mother that I always dreamed I would want right. myself. So, and that's something that I'm happy to be able to talk about because I want all of the mothers there out there to know that you don't need to have that kind of pressure 
or stress put on yourselves because you could make it up as you go along. You could become any kind of a mother that you want to be. This is your journey, yours alone. You track it to the things that you remember as a child that you love, the things you didn't love, you know, and it's a new slate. But so what about situations where like, you know, good mother, bad mother, like you as a child, like pick up on so many traits that your mother has just innate, like just without even thinking about it. So how did you avoid all of those negative traits? You know, unless you were just always consciously thinking about it. Or therapy. maybe you did make some and, mistakes. And right. ther- therapy. Right. And, right. And, and every mother makes mistakes. I didn't know you went to therapy. So I would say after I had my third child and I was just very overwhelmed. And when you get overwhelmed, you might, I guess I felt like I might fall into a, a bad pattern or maybe something that just came back to me that trickled through that I tried so hard to suppress that I knew I needed help. I read books, I different, you know, you know, child psychologists, and I knew that I needed somebody to speak to, to help guide me. And I went to therapy while my children were young for many years, just whenever I had uncertainties or questions, or I just, needed professional advice on my child. And it was very, very helpful. Right. As you always say, it takes a village. And were there, um, I mean, I feel feel like I know the answer to this, but were there any traditions you learned from your parents that you want to pass on to us? Mm -hmm. Or were these mostly affected by your relationship? All of my traditions that I brought to my children were created by me. Right. There was not a holiday, not a vacation, not a dinner that I could not, unfortunately. So there was nothing from your childhood that you wanted to carry through? Nothing except except for the total opposite. Wow. That's so sad, mom. It was. That's heartbreaking. It It was a very sad and lonely childhood. And I think that because those, I had all of those tools to get me through all of that were really what gave me the strength to forge ahead and create my own destiny and not keep blaming. So what what were some, I mean, aside from Shabbat dinner every Friday night, what were some traditions we had? Oh I'm trying to gosh. remember. Fa- family time was everything. Everything. I mean, the, it was oh. just all family time. Sunday I dinner. Could, Sunday dinner, Sunday theater. It was always Sunday in the city, just the family. It was Friday night dinner. It was Saturday, you know, early bringing in food. It was. It's so funny because like when I think back now, I hated it. I was like, oh, Sunday in the city. Kill me now. I was like, get dressed. Yes, we're going to see the Lion King. (laughs) And like you guys would always go out Saturday night to the city. Like I remember that Friday night was Shabbat at home. And now when I think back, it's like all of these things, if I were, if I were in the suburbs, it's like, this is exactly what I would do with my kids. When I think of my kids, they would be so excited. I think because they're more like Brandon, like Ruby would be like, oh, we're going to the city on Sunday. Like, can we take yes. the subway? Can we do right, this? Right. Like, and Esme would be like, Esme would be, now do I have to get dressed? Yeah, I guess Esme <laughs> would be more like me, right? 
Was Danielle always excited to go? I always excited. I'm going to wear my new penny loafers. <laughs> oh, that's so ruby. That's yes. so ruby. And and what's so funny is that Shabbat, um, you know, it was such a nightmare for us because like all of our friends in high school would always have parties on Friday night. It was the weekend. Like everyone was going mm-hmm. out. All of our friends were together and we had to stay home or we had a curfew. If we were going to go out, it had to be after dinner and we had to be home by 12. And we couldn't take any taxis. Like a parent had to. I don't like, know how I got that way, but I had such definite ideas of how I knew I wanted to mother my children. But I wonder though if that like made us like, I don't know if you were like strict with Michaela, but like me and Danielle were very by the rules. And I'm like, I'm wondering if that's because of how you like made stru- like structure. Of I was, I was, because I've always believed more than anything that structure and boundaries make children feel loved, worthwhile, valued. Interesting. It was all of those feelings that I always felt that I missed. And I knew what you needed to instill those in young people growing up. I'm not like an incredible chef like you, but I do try for every Friday to just be a family night. You know, even if it's me not cooking at home, um, I do like that is something I want to keep, you know, with my Uh, my family. I I would I would hope so, because your daughters will thrive on not just that you're staying in and you're going through, you know, that you're enjoying that whole process of preparing and it's it's all of those elements come into play for your young children. But I do have to tell you, first, I didn't do any of that until after my third child was, you know, already, you know, a little bit older, mm-hmm. you know, but that we were really like that because I never had help. And it was just such a, you know, an effort. And I didn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many other variables to come into play to be able to do what you're hoping you know, to create for them. But but that on Friday on that Friday night, you know, it was always, you know, an argument. But in, in a way, I always knew that when I was growing up and I knew those kids that like I was walking the streets and they were home with their families on Friday night dinner, I would look in the window and they couldn't come out and hang out until after dinner. And I remember how much I would have loved to have been at one of those family dinners with my own. So, so but, you, but, but, yeah. but you know, but as sad as, as is how grateful I was to be able to create that for my daughters, for my, my family. And, you know, it's um, what's interesting is I do feel like if you're raising your kids here in New York City, it's so much more important to to instill those, you know, traditions and structure only because the kids here grew up so fast, so much faster than kids in the suburbs. Like you start doing things on your own at a much younger age in New York City, yes, you know, it's so true. it's true. But that but giving them that connection, that bond to their family, no matter where you are. Yeah, we'll, we'll just take them and everywhere. Didn't you ever feel bad? Like, I, I feel like, I don't know if you and dad are like this, but Brandon's like, I don't, I don't want them watching their iPads again. And I'm like, so tell them. He goes, no, you tell them. So like he gets like, he's the strict one, but he makes me deliver the strictness. So right. I'm the it's bad so- guy. <laughs> he set you up. I, fi- so- I actually feel like you, I, I never have <laughs> one memory of dad being the bad guy. It was always you. 
Yes. Well, I was the disciplinary and I was, yeah. I, you know, and I was the one, like I said, I wasn't working. Do you think the conversation around motherhood has changed between your generation and mine? Drastically. Right. Crazy, right? Crazy, crazy. I mean, I guess there's a lot of the same base, you know, issues, especially with girls and, you know, and, you know, insecurity and bullying. But having a platform to be able to, right? Having a platform to be able to talk about situations, say, you didn't have anything like that. No, nothing like that. And, and I honestly, when I got married, I didn't know anybody else that was married. When I had Danielle, my first child, I'd never held a baby before in my life. At the hospital, they had to show me how to change a diaper because I had just no expectations of what it would be like to bring the baby home or to raise or to have a family. Like nobody taught me anything. I obviously didn't have um, parents or a mother who was helping me with raising my, you know. You had Safta. And Safta was incredible. The first time she saw my baby, Danielle, she was six months old when we brought her to Jerusalem, to Israel. It's the first time she, you know, it's very different when you have your in-laws, you know, living uh, across the world. But yes, yeah, she was just the most amazing and sh- and she's a maternity nurse. So she was always very helpful. But she also had very different, you know, ideas about having a baby and how you it just changes from her generation to mine, right. to yours. But what about the fact that, you know, with your whole like infertility journey? I mean, well, you that, that who'd just you speak no, to? nobody. Wow. Nobody. It was, there was, we didn't speak. We just didn't speak about it then. Four that is miscar- so crazy. Four miscarriages I had. Four. And after each one, I don't even know if I shared it with anyone because none of my friends were on my, you know, married. Right. Having ch- there was just no, and you know, my mother just, you know, was just no head for anything like that. That's just why maybe it just gets strong real fast because you don't have much choice. I remember with my ectopic, I like, I was searching through Instagram to see, I put the hashtag in. I was trying to find anyone that had experienced it just to be able to have a conversation. I know because it just, when you know that you're not alone, right. It just, that, that just having that community makes everything so much more, you know, tolerable. Right. Right. You know, and I just didn't know what I didn't know what was going on. Thank God for my husband, because he was just my rock. And what about um, how did you deal with handling mom guilt? I mean, that probably doesn't go away even as a mom to kids who are in their 30s. And and you know what? There's grandmother guilt. (laughs) So the guilt just never goes away. Never, never. From conception. Your life will never be the same. It's so awful. It's awful, but, you know, you have to sort of, I guess, rationalize it. Like, like you know, Michaela left, you know, she's going away, like, for a weekend and pauses a lot. And all of a sudden, you're packing. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God, I'm leaving my baby. Yeah. And you start to feel a physical something. Like a pit, yeah. yeah a, like in your like pit, a and nervous rush in it's your body. Physi- it's a physical, yeah. you know, I don't know. I mean, I shouldn't give a bad anything to men. But I don't know if dad felt that same physical 
<laughs> well, I, I just don't want you know, men to hate me for saying that, but it's very different. Brandon actually has dad guilt now that I think about it. Only if you give it to him. I do give it to him sometimes, oh. but he has dad guilt. But what annoys me about his dad guilt is that he'll like be out all day for work. I mean, I, I always take the kids to school, but he'll, you know, skip the morning. He works out and he goes straight to the office. And then sometimes he goes for a dinner and doesn't come home until after they're sleeping. But he'll go in at six o'clock in the morning and wake them so he can have some time with them because he felt guilty about not being with them the night before. I was like, don't wake them. That's right. your problem. Right. You make right. time for them and at not, night. And on his and, and, Yeah. What is that? He goes, no, they well, wanted me to lay with them. No, no, they didn't. They were sleeping. Right. So that would be like the other side of my raising you girls with dad would come home at like eight o'clock at night and you'd be like all right, brushed Ready teeth for and bed. in bed and in bed and the yeah. books were already He does ready. that too. And he would come in and be like, ah, like yeah, all of a sudden he'd around. be racing all over. The same with Brandon be, does that too. Like, they're going to sleep now. Right. It's not about you and your right. time. You worked so hard all day. And yes. just to, this moment is like the best moment of the mother's that's life. It. It's yeah. like, yes, it's bedtime. Yes. They're going to sleep. And then it that's it. And then you know what? Then I would feel a little guilty because yeah, you want they're having girls fun. to have right. dad time. Yep. But then I say, okay, then you, you'll put them to bed. Yeah. Yeah. How's that work out? <laughs> yeah. He's actually very good at it. And he's been doing it every night because I'm putting Navy to sleep. So he's been doing both girls. Yes. You're, it's a very different situation because crazy. you're not just three and you're both full-time working. Yeah. So you have to share this. They know, but like, they also don't know. Like I'm, they're at school, you know, like I'm leaving right after this to go get, you know, Ruby. Like they have no idea that I'm not, you know, which is nice. It's just Navy. It's yeah. everything. Well, so that's why, like, I want to pick up where you and go into Navy and just hold her for an hour just so she's not missing a beat of love. Right. And to me, that's really what it's all about. Oh, I know. And they have, they, but you, you can't because also you need to take care of yourself because that also makes you better, a better mother. So you have to rationalize and intellectualize what you're doing and know that you're, you're, what everything you're doing is for the best of your children. And what about judgment around motherhood? I mean, people do it all the time. I know, but we don't have time to listen to that. Unfortunately, we can't change the judgment. Just change caring. Yeah, how you care. Or change the way that you process that. You know, most mothers will throw, you know, shade on you because of their own issues. I'm sure they do it to and, you, too, Mom. Are you kidding? I mean, of course they do. But you have to be comfortable in your, your motives. Not necessarily that you're doing it right. You know, like there's just too much effort into what you're doing. And your plate is so full that the last thing you should have time or energy for is taking judgments from people that don't are not in your shoes. So have no anyway. Anyway, now that you're a grandmother, what's that experience like compared to being a mother? Oh, it's so much better. It's so much better. <laughs> That's what Nancy says. You she, guys get to leave when is, things are. Oh, it is the best thing. And I don't have to say no. Right. I'm always the good one. I am so annoying. Can I tell you something? 
that you do that's so annoying. If I'm ever trying to like discipline Ruby mm. or Esme and say like, you do not do that. My mom will go and pick them up and hold them and say, oh, I know that you're so upset. Like, oh, here's a here's a cookie from Greenberg. Here's, here's the iPad. Well, well, I don't do that. You with interfere it. with my parenting because you want to be the good guy. It's annoying. Go away. It's grandparenting is just about love. Just not that parenting isn't, but it's just like, Oh my God, it's just love all the time. It's just you saying yes and good times and oh she's cranky. I gotta go home. Yeah. <laughs> and then and we're yeah. good. And she's we're cranky good. because you're giving them all the sugar okay. and the okay. candy okay. and you know, you know something? It's all good. Is there anything that I do that you disagree with or that drives you nuts? Oh God. Well, not that drives me nuts or disagree with, but there's many parenting skills that, you know, that you use that, you know, that I, you know, wouldn't, oh, you know. There goes the judgment. <laughs> hey, there goes I, the judgment. I, I, I hold it. I, I hold it to myself. But, you know, there's just many just because it's different ways, you know. To me, if my daughter is, you know, was sick, you keep them home an extra 24 hours for safekeeping. Nothing to talk about. Oh, you're so you know, annoying with that. If I, if like Ruby has 98.9, my mom goes, keep her home. My well, mom, something's not brewing. Something's, something's brewing. brewing. They were just playing or something. I mean, no, that you is. You don't get fever from playing. That's 98.9. It's not a okay. fever. Well, it's close to 99. <laughs> <laughs> but I was definitely much, you know, more stringent, you know, than, than you are. Well, when you work. And you need the kids out of the house. Oh, uh, you 98, know, nine, you're going Ariel, to school. I know, 100. <laughs> I mean, no, trust, trust Ariel yeah. with all my heart. Yeah. I would not have been able to do what you do with your yeah. children. I give you all the credit. Hats off to you because this is just the a job of all jobs because they're endless. You're, you're, you wear a b- billion hats. And I do still, have a full-time assistant who literally helps it, schedule their entire lives. But yes, I, you know, something I understand and that, and, but, and thank God, because you always give credit, but at the end of the day, your children, they only want mommy. Even if you're sitting in the other room, they only want Trust her. Me, I know. I know. So, you know, I, I, I get that. I have two more questions before for you before we wrap up our conversation. Don't you want to keep talking? Isn't it so fun? Oh, well, yes. I feel like we're just on the phone. I know. So looking back, what is the thing you're most proud of from being a mom? Oh my God. The success of my three daughters, the well-being, the, the, the human beings that my three daughters have become, the kindness, the compassion, the empathy, the you, the generosity just of the way that my three daughters have just worked out their lives is my great is definitely my greatest, uh, uh, you know, proudest. And the husbands that you've all chosen, you know, were just to to have the wherewithal, to have the mental state to know who you wanted to spend your life with the values that you share, the quality of the person that you chose on each of my daughters. I don't take those things for granted. 
I know a lot of people, before I ask you the last question, want you to answer this. How did you raise us three to be so close? Like, how did you nurture I, I like get, our sibling relationships? I would say the, the greatest gift was to be able to have you all like each other. I know, but, oh, so you think we just liked each other on well, our own. I made, sh- I, I, I made sure that... You know, it's like you make sure, like to put people together, you create experiences, you create, you create that life, right? You create the boundaries and the guidelines of what you're going to share. And all the wonderful times are always shared together. So all of your memories, as much as I could possibly control what, you know, we're going to be happy and the best times we just had. We just had the best time as a family together. And I made sure to create those situations. I'm not going to say that there weren't fights, or, but every, I made those vacations. I made sure we went to Disney. I made yeah. sure you shared a room and you roasted marshmallows and you had pillow fights. And you, we, I just, every chance I had, I wanted to make it fun, laughter, music, noise, good vibes. And do you have, I guess this kind of answers that, but do you have any advice for soon to be or young moms listening? I would say most of all, just don't pressure yourselves. Don't stress out. This is your baby, your family, your journey. You create whatever turns you on. It's true. Thank you, mom. I love you. This was a really fun conversation, and I'm glad I was able to introduce you all to my amazing mom, but I think most of you already know her. Mom, thank you for joining me and giving us the chance to talk about motherhood. I wouldn't be who I am today without your influence. And thank you to all the listeners out there. Please come back for more as I welcome more of my family to join us on the podcast. Look out for next episodes with my sisters. Reach out to us with any questions about the podcast or who you want us to bring on. DM us on Instagram at Something Navy. That's a wrap for today's episode of In-House. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more thoughtful discussions and amazing guests. Make sure you follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And of course, follow me at Ariel Charnas and at Something Navy. See you next week.